Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Please be advised that Six Degrees of Reality TV contains explicit language. Hi and welcome to Six Degrees of Reality TV, the podcast where two MFAs try to figure out what the hell is happening on our screens. My name is Amy and I hold an MFA in creative nonfiction. And my name is Leslie and I hold an MFA in creative writing fiction. And together we are trying to uncover what it means to fall in love on reality TV. Hi everyone, welcome to Six Degrees of Reality TV. My name is Amy and I'm your co-host. And I'm Leslie. Hi Amy. Hi Leslie, how are you? I am good. I'm actually excited to talk about this episode because, okay, full disclosure, after the first episode that we covered, I was like, this season sucks. Mm -hmm. And I was not happy. Mm -hmm. But now, especially after seeing the previews, I think we're in for something. The previews were really good, and I found myself, okay, I have to talk through this in a therapeutic way, (laughs) found myself (laughs) changing my mind a little bit on Nate, Mm. and and also weirdly rooting for Mitch and Kristen, and I don't know what is happening to me. (laughs) And then I'm, as I'm talking about Mitch and I'm writing about him, I'm thinking, Oh my god, I think I married Mitch. Like Timmy is very much like Mitch with this like oh. blunt honesty and I just say it how it is and you know mm-hmm. like we can't go to chain restaurants, we can't do this, we can't do that. We have to like he's very principled. Support local businesses. Yes. Yeah. And so like some of the things I'm like, "Oh my god, am I reacting to Mitch because I'm married to him?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Timmy doesn't have the, like, the whininess that Mitch has. Okay. But he does have that, like, I'll just tell you how I feel about things. No filter. (laughs) So does he make you purchase sustainable tampons? No, he does not. He's not, like, super environmental friendly. He's more like, stick it to the man. Like, we can't do anything, you know, that a corporation's involved in. Um, Perfect. So, you know, there's that. But our boy Nate... I feel like showed a different side to him this episode. Yes. Yes. And and I didn't hate him as much. And yeah, I I mean, I thought it was good and I think it looks like a good season. And I think it's starting to look good. I think the key to a good season is some of them actually work out. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't want to see all dumpster fires. I mean, that is fun, but after a while, it gets a little exhausting when it's just drama, because a lot of times, it's a lot of the same rehash drama, like, oh, you had a dating app on your phone, and it goes on for 12 episodes. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so uh, let's get into this. We're a little bit late today, because Timmy and I went up to Ithaca yesterday, which I had How never been. That? 
It was really nice. We just decided to drive up just for the day. We, you know, ate at some breweries. We sat on the shore of Lake Cayuga, which is the longest finger lake in New York state. And it's 40 miles long. I didn't even know that about my own state because I'm such a Manhattan person. I'm like, nothing exists outside of, you know, (laughs) the boroughs. (laughs) It's a big lake and it was really great. And, um, you know, we got home kind of late, so I couldn't record. So thank you for, for, you know, moving that to today and tell everyone where you're going tonight. Well, guys, I'm traveling back in time to 1999 because I'm seeing Hanson at the Beacon (laughs) Theater. I am so excited. I am just like, this whole month has been nostalgic for me because I saw the Backstreet Boys twice and I was seeing Hanson. And I'm just like, come on, give me more. The Beacon is a great place. I saw... Such a great venue. I want to say I saw the Indigo Girls there. It's really intimate. I was also 1990. (laughs) also there's like no bad seat in the house because even if you're up in the balconies it's like a pretty it's like almost like a theater like a a broadway theater so there's no bad seat really it's beautiful i love it all right we'll get moving so we're gonna start married at first sight season 15 episode 4 terrible name sand sun and spouses really no really okay So we're going to start with Mitch and Kristen. We see them getting settled for bed and Mitch is telling the camera he likes people all natural. I don't know if he said that or if I wrote that. It's weird. Like the more you take off, the better you are to me. Like remove your hair. (laughs) Which I have to say, Timmy is also like that. So there are some similarities. Well, I don't doll up, but we, we match for that reason. (laughs) um Kristen can't find her new jammies that she bought so she goes in the bathroom and she strips off every inch of makeup and heads to bed and suddenly she's like oh this is how I always look I'm always running around like this I mean if we were going on a first date I would show up like this do we believe this for two seconds that this woman would show up would show no makeup on a first date with no makeup do you believe this for two seconds Here's the thing. I do that. I don't wear makeup. Um, I only like paint my lips. I do have like an obsession with lipstick. So I do mm-hmm. wear like a bold lip, but I don't wear makeup otherwise. And that's kind of, but if I'm wearing, if my lips are painted, uh, it means business. It means that I care enough about what you might think of me. That's as far as I'll go. But I don't feel like it matches her. Don't forget. We got in the vows, a little bougie. We got, she's president mm-hmm. of her sorority. I don't know. I mean, I think she wears makeup on a first date. She just strikes me. As she probably kind of wears makeup, but probably like a, you know, the natural look kind of makeup. Yes. And I just wrote, I think we need to deep dive on her Insta to see her running around San Diego with no makeup and her hair in a ponytail all the time. Because <laughs> I call bullshit. Doubtful. Doubtful. <laughs> so she emerges and Mitch is telling her she looks great without makeup. on, And she does. Like, she's a very, very mm-hmm. pretty girl. She could totally get, get away with that. Then she says, you know, I like to cuddle and they turn off the lights. And I, I wrote that they seem to have a really good chemistry. I, I really do think so at first, right now. Right the next, now. The next morning they seem happy, but, you know, tell us they did not consummate the marriage. Oh, Lord. Neither of them snored and Mitch is pretty happy about that. Then they get breakfast and Mitch goes over the entire packaging for ego sustainability. <laughs> No oh, lord. 
Mitch also reveals, because he needs to to get even better for us, that he's a picky eater. <laughs> and he really and he, picky eater would have never guessed. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't like creamy white sauces. Could you live with someone? I mean, I know you're vegetarian, right? So you're not vegan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not vegan, no. I love cheese, even though it makes me sick. Because I have dairy intolerance. Doesn't like Alfredo sauce? Oh, I don't like Alfredo sauce. Oh my god. That's too too creamy for me. Listen, I'm Dominican. Like my kind of sauces are not like creamy like that. Do you appreciate a nice cheese sauce? Oh, cheese. I love cheese. It makes me okay. sick. I, I can't okay. tolerate dairy, but I, I'm Dominican. I need to have cheese. It's like our best import, you know? Okay. All Export right. or whatever. So they have what I call... I, I've decided I'm going to name these chats that they have all the time where they're talking about their relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to call them a State of the Union chat. So they're having like a State <laughs> of the Union chat in which Mitch says he thinks things are going great. And when he saw her, he thought, okay, I can work with this. Wow. That doesn't sound as great as he thinks it is. What does. every girl wants to hear. Later, yeah. Mitch meets with Kristen's family and they like him, but the mom starts off with, What are your intentions? I hate that question. I don't know, even know what it means. Yeah. They say he comes across as honest, and then they start like, they start, the mom and the sisters start like backpedaling on her not being a diva. She's not a diva. She's not. Like, she's kind of a mm-hmm. scumbag. She rolls out of bed and just walks around <laughs> in her pajamas. <laughs> and I'm thinking she totally, like, radioed them ahead of time. Like, oh, my God, please tell him I'm not a diva. So even though the mom's like, even though we said she was a little bougie in her vows, like, we lied. We lied about it. She's not at all. <laughs> she lives in no. trash. So then <laughs> mom asks Mitch, why he's never been in a serious relationship. And he said he just wasn't being true to who he was. And once he started doing this mission-based work, like he was fine. And then he said, I'm just because I'm crazy about the environment. She doesn't necessarily have to be. I just didn't want her to be a fossil fuel executive. And I thought that was pretty funny. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. It's like me being like, oh my God, I met the person of my dreams. I'm going to marry them. Oh, guess what? He's a butcher by trade. Uh, no. (laughs) Mom says, I'm afraid this will be a challenge for you because you need to make sure that you, you know, have the space in your life to give Kristen some love and attention. Now Kristen meets Mitch's family, rolls up like in her PJs, no makeup, whatever. And they basically tell her Mitch can be a complete asshole. I love that. And they can say he can say some pretty awful things. And the sister-in-law is hilarious because she keeps reiterating this throughout the whole thing. She's like, yeah. no, he can really say some mean things. Like he can really say some shit that's going to hurt you. Ugh. Um, she says he's brutally honest and prideful and they're pretty much like run girl run. (laughs) Yeah. And I like how the sister-in-law was like, no, we've had problems. Like she just kept saying like, he's the nightmare. (laughs) Yes. And I don't know why I find that so funny, but I just do. (laughs) I don't know. She really hates her brother-in-law. I love it. So I just, I appreciate this little, like, um, I almost said 90 day, this little maths trove trope where the family shades their own family member <laughs> like Lindsay's family yeah. is like oh my gosh she's a nightmare so later on the honeymoon Mitch tells Kristen as they sip champagne in robes 
that he appreciates her assertiveness. He likes that, you know, he can just go with the flow and he likes that she doesn't and she kind of takes the lead. And she says this has been an issue in her past relationships, but she's not into gender roles. And he says, mm -hmm. well, I may be a little more guarded than I want to be, but the intensity of this entire thing is like freaking me out a little bit. But I really like you. So, you know, we're off to a good start. And and that's that's the end. That's all we see of them. So. Yeah, that was just a lot. It's his way of saying, like, I'm so open to this. Like, you should be honored that I am, you know, lowering my standards for you. That's how it's coming off. Yeah, he's he's a dick. <laughs> you know, and there was another thing that I, I was like, I love how each season we get a guy or a girl talking about how it's so weird to be married to a stranger as if they're not aware that this is the Compton, the concept of the show they signed up for. Right, right, right. <laughs> Wait a minute. I have to marry a stranger? Yeah. Like, exactly. what is happening? I can't believe this. And I that know. whole trope about, you know, the experts and everyone always asking, did you consummate? Did you consummate? Like, <sighs> you're legally married. And that's another thing that they throw out there. Like, it's okay. You could bone. You, you're married. As if, if you're not married, then you should never have sex. And I don't right. like that. It's yeah. like, come on. Just don't force people. They don't need to be married to have sex. If they want to, they do. If they don't, bone they away. Don't. Like, bone, bone, it. bone away. Now we're going to move on to Nate and Stasha. Go ahead. Stasha and Nate. So we pick up with the couples the night after their wedding and Stasha is washing her face before bed and telling producers that she has butterflies because being in bed with somebody who is a complete stranger, because she didn't know this until know. then, mm -hmm. it's going to be very interesting this is also being cross-faded with slow-mo shots of her husband undressing. So Nate is like taking off his <laughs> pants and the bell. So we see him get down to his boxers. And at some point, I think producers ask if he ex expects sex. And he downplays it with a laugh. And then says he's open to it. Of course he is. He he wants to get laid. He's a guy. that Stereotypically, everybody wants guys we, to get laid. You know what I mean? We the Bachelor party we know yeah. what's going on and he's a freak in the I sheets mean, his entire family told us he's his family said he's a freak in the sheets he's expecting sex and she's hot like why not he's hot so stasha just hopes to keep it cool she says and hopes that he likes to cuddle and i'm watching her scoop out the serum or like the the cream that she's putting on her face and i'm just like ooh. She must have that stuff behind her nails because she has acrylic nails, as do I. Ugh. And it's so tricky to get cream not under your nails, and then it takes forever to get it out of, you know, your yeah, nails. Yeah, yeah, and it's like yeah. a whole process. And I'm just like worried about that the whole time. So when she's done primping, she steps into the room, all smiles. Her smile is gorgeous, by the way. I just think she has a beautiful smile. Yeah, she's beautiful. And you know, she has like dimples on her cheeks and it's like, it's just beautiful. And then he's smiling back at her and this cheesy off-brand R&B music is playing and he looks cute. He's like wearing a little wife beater, his little like boxers. I think it's like boxer briefs, what they call those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So we see them simultaneously sweep off the roses, the rose petals that were set up by producers shaped as a heart on the bed. Mm -hmm. Poor mass PA that had to do that. I feel bad <laughs> for that kid. Um, and once in bed, Stasha asks, what is your expectation of a wife? And Nate 
Lex's bottom lips because I was just like, okay, I need to oh, I <laughs> point that, that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just like licks his bottom lip and he's like, as of now, as of right now, he's looking for a best friend because when he gets old and, you know, the looks are going to fade and okay. they'll have more wrinkles and things might get more saggy. So he's anticipating his boss hitting the toilet bowl and her tits yeah. hitting her knees. Yeah, and she looks <laughs> at him like with a fear in her eyes. Did you notice that? Yeah, he's like, what? So we're going to get all wrinkly and gross? Mm-hmm. So Nate tells producers that they have a connection and that he feels close to her already. They vibe and he thinks once they cut loose and start having fun, the freaky stuff is going to come around for sure. So he's expecting that. More generic R&B music with lyrics that read, your lips, my skin, your skin, my skin. Where do you stop? Where do I begin? And I'm like, what music is that? Oh, no, 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 no. Mm -mm. (laughs) Nope. I'm just like, stop. Okay. So the next morning, Nate is bringing Stasha breakfast in bed. It's like a funny trope. Have you ever had breakfast in bed? Like, as a gesture, like a romantic gesture? No. Neither nope. have I. I've had my mom bring me soup when I was sick mm-hmm. to bed. Mm-hmm. And whenever I eat in bed, it's because I'm very depressed and can't get out of bed. Um, I'm not a big fan of eating in bed. Like, I'm just weird yeah. about it. I don't know. Yeah, the only time I eat in bed is when I'm massively depressed and don't want to, like, leave my bed. Right, and you're, like, eating Jack's. Or like I'm Doritos. eating like a like cold pizza on my bed, <laughs> or a, a pint of Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> it's like call call someone. I need help. I'm eating in bed. So we get a giddy Stasha telling producers that she thought she was going to get matched with a less attractive man because oh, Nate is exceeding all of her expectations. She's like, I had no expectations. He's a ten. This is perfect. He's off the charts in her opinion. So put a pin on that. I'm sure it will come back to haunt her. Mm -hmm, (laughs) So mm -hmm. I love these kind of moments because I'm like, ooh, can't wait for the producers to shell this out later when it all goes awry. Yeah. So Nate has joined her in bed. He's having breakfast and brings up this whole sleeping with her eyes open thing. (laughs) God. Stasha's like, oh, God, and rolls her eyes as she sips her coffee. And he says, it didn't happen. But he he doesn't know because his eyes were closed because he pretty much fell asleep right away. So he wasn't sure if that was like a thing yet. So he hasn't discovered that yet. So they go from laughing about her eyes wide open to him asking her what her biggest um, insecurities are. And Stasha pauses and says she's a good communicator, but there have been breaks in communication. So she doesn't know if she's getting everything she needs or the reassurance. And she starts to freak out and pull away. So that's when she freaks out. If she feels she's not being supportive or heard, she kind of shuts down. So she asks him the same question, which is fair. And soft music plays. That was what my captions <laughs> read. I was like, uh-oh, here we, here we go. And he starts by saying that it's not like a huge thing, but he feels misunderstood. So he explains that his dad was in the military. He lived in Spain for two years. He lived in Greece for a year. And he was isolated a lot because they were constantly relocating. Mm-hmm. And there weren't that many kids his age that spoke English in those countries. So when um, he came back to the States, 
and he moved into a black community, he said that the kids were savages. He mm-hmm. says, oh, I'm light-skinned. I'm dark-skinned. So he's describing how colorism worked within yep. the black community and the stuff that he faced. And he said it became a complex because he's just a person, a human being. And Stasha reveals she's dealt with that too. So at a young age, she went to an all-white school. Mm. So it also, like, you know, where does she fit in? She's not exactly white. She's black, but then black people are like, you're not black enough. You know, it's like this whole thing. And I totally felt seen in that moment because in my culture, in Dominican culture, there is colorism. And it's like, oh, you're a white Dominican. Like my mom is quote unquote white Dominican. Yeah, yeah. And I'm quote unquote black Dominican. So it's like, that's your mom, but she's so white. You know, and everybody wanted me. They thought that when I was going to be bored, I was going to be like this white, angelic, like, yeah baby you know it was not it was very dark and it's like do you not see my dad (laughs) i have a a question about that so i I guess you know for for those who don't know what colorism is like leslie just said it's you know being shamed either because you're too dark or too light in in a Mm -hmm. community of color right so is it within your own community which is is it frowned upon to be too light skinned then because then it's you're not black enough is that what i'm hearing it feels see i don't know in that sense because i'm not black but to me what it sounds like in a dominican context the lighter skin you are the better you are really and the light skinned dominicans look down on the dark skinned dominicans okay so it's like a thing so i'm not sure that if you know, within the black community, someone who's light skinned black, the other people will be like, oh, you're not really black. Or like, you don't get the struggles or you got the privilege because you got the lighter skin. I've heard that before. But, you know, listeners who are black, like come at us, let us know what that is because there is colorism and I've seen it and I've heard about it. And it's really distract. It's really like sad to me. It's just sad. Well, and even if you remember when Obama was campaigning for president, he faced some of that mm-hmm. because was it, his yeah. mother was white, right? Yeah, his mother's white. So it was, is he black enough? That kind of thing. And, exactly. and Kamala and- Harris gets that too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, oh yeah, I I'm not racist. I voted for Obama. You know, his white side. <laughs> you know, that yeah, was like right. a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was an actual joke I heard people say, and I'm just oh, like, boy. that is a horrible joke. I know. Yeah. So, so they had the conversation, and later on, we see Stasha in this fuchsia colored blazer, and I was like, oh my god, this looks so good on her skin. <laughs> like I can't pull it off, and I was just like loving her blazer. It's like a neon flamingo kind of thing and i mean that in the best way like Mm -hmm. i just loved it so much she looked great so she's meeting with nate's friend Vinny and nate's dad so Vinny starts grilling her what's one thing nate needs to know about her and she says her work ethic and he's like what about it and i'm like oh god are we doing good cop bad cop or are we doing bad cop bad cop like what's going on So it was basically like that trope of what are your intentions? Like, at Mm -hmm. least he doesn't say it, but that's basically what it is. So she says about her work ethic that she's just a workaholic. We'll work 10, 12, 15 hours daily. And she's a very stubborn person at times. She wants things her way and she will do anything to get it. Translation, she'll cut her bitch. That's what I wrote. I'm like, no one's stopping her. And remember, she is called the quote-unquote boss lady because as you know each season each person is designated something like serial date or hopeless romantic 
boss bitch, boss right. lady, and whatever. If, if we have a successful woman, she has to be called some form of derogatory man-eating term. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like she is a man eater. Yep. She will cut you. Like it's she's that. No, no, she's just she's just assertive. She knows what she wants. And she's she knows successful. how to get there. She gets there and she's successful. Like, yep. leave it alone. Yep. So then Nate's dad tells her, but what if he wants you to slow down, not work so many hours, and maybe with a family? And then, you know, Vinny pipes in, you know, having kids, it may be difficult to work those many hours or be that far away from home. And then the caption reads, tense music. <laughs> and I was just like, uh-oh, here we go. And she's just nodding. And then she says she's working on it, balancing out her life. She's trying, even though she's had to build herself up in the process, sacrifice so much to get there, which we all know that you have to work hard and you have to make sacrifices. You know, I've had to make a lot of sacrifices. There were so many concerts I didn't go to because I had an exam or something. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? So mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. So Vinny then said his main concern is that they are both so independent and that he could be stubborn as well. And she agrees that's something that needs work. And Nate's dad says, Nate is my son, so don't break his heart. And I yeah, was like, oh, that was nice. I like to see when dads like stand up for sons. I like that. Yeah, he's like, now don't go breaking his heart. And I'm thinking like, he might break hers, but you never know. So cut to Nate entering a restaurant to have a sit-down lunch with Stasia's mom and friends. And I think, or maybe her sisters. And the one friend from last week that was asking about consummating the marriage claims she was joking about that last night. But someone he knows put it in his vows that he's a freak in a sheet. So what's up with that? <laughs> so she's just straight to the point. She's like, so if you're a freak, what does that mean? Are you going to pressure her or something? So that's what they wanted to know. Was this the family setup where he came in and they were like all sitting on one side of the table like the firing squad? Yep. Okay. I was impressed with their (laughs) physicality here. Yeah, it was like pretty intimidating. It was like a boardroom. He's going in for an interview, his final round. And they're like, okay, so tell us what you bring to the table. What do you know about our company so far? Like one of those moments. He says he's willing to wait. He wants her to be comfortable, for it to be natural. Then we get a close-up of Stasha's mom, who's Stacy, and she's looking through him. It's like lasers. She's yep. like cutting through him with her eyes. <laughs> and he says he's not even going to nudge her. He says the most important thing right now is to get to know her. So Stacy, Stasha's mom, asks if there's anything her daughter should know about him. He talks about a failed business and having to declare bankruptcy for that business. So, so I thought, great. So we might get a whole financial drama this yeah, season as I'm well. Thinking. I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, on. no. And then he kind of talks about it vaguely. He says they dissolved that business, but they also had some debt tied to it as well. Mm-hmm. So Stacy asks, do you currently own a business? And he says... I have day trading, which is sort of like a business, you know, profits and losses. A non-answer. I don't know what that means. I feel like he's sketch with this shit, man. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. Either he's sketch or he just doesn't know how to articulate anything. I don't know. But it did not reassure anybody. Did not reassure me at all. Or maybe he's like Steve Noy um, from last season. It's like he has his stuff together, but maybe not sharing it on TV exactly. Yeah, maybe. You never know. So then we get this amazing question from Stasha's friend, which I I don't think I'm will be able to articulate 
well because I couldn't write it all down because it was just such a long convoluted question so she's like um would you want to change ourselves that they um kind of like what is the one thing you would change about yourself you know you saw your parents make mistakes what's the one thing that you want to change from your upbringing that you saw that you didn't like something like that yeah yeah, yeah. said it way better so Nate says he's learned from his dad not to be a quitter. And then he starts getting choked up and teary eyed. And he says he did a lot for me. And then he's dabbing his eyes. He's like straight up crying, crying at this point. And he explains he would visit his friends. They had a nucleus type of family, so, you know, like a mom and dad, siblings and all of that. And he's like, that's what I want. Hmm. And so that's what he's looking forward to having all the best elements and all the best things that his dad instilled in him to pass along to his children, basically, and do better for them. That's what he wants. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and then he just started pretty much crying and the ladies eat it up. They're like, we brought a man to tears. Job done. <laughs> <laughs> they remind me of Michaela's sisters. Remember, like the three yeah. women? Mm-hmm. They're, they're really good. They're really good. Yeah. Okay, so then later on, when Sasha and Nate return from speaking to each other's family, they do the debrief. And Nate tells her he cried because they were talking about making a family. And because he didn't have a traditional upbringing, he started crying. And he says he wants his kids and wants to take all the best characters, as I said, from his dad or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he thinks her family believed he was coming from a genuine place. So he thinks that they have a good, they had a good meeting and she tells him, I love that you can express yourself like that. Yeah. And so later on in the episode, they get a basket from the experts. Yeah. And it reveals where they're going for their honeymoon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Some could pronounce that better than others. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah it's like Perta Gloria Lata they, they were speaking Spanish like I speak Spanish <laughs> <laughs> and then um, so so Amy is going to go through like the group scenes when they meet each other mm-hmm. and everything but mm-hmm. I just wanted to point out that we do get the airport scene when all the couples meet and that's we do. pretty interesting and mm-hmm. you know Yes, and we do. at some point, Stasha does say at some point, I don't remember where it comes into play, but this is later on during the honeymoon that she says she doesn't want to have meaningless sex. Yeah. So she's willing to wait. She wants it to mean something. Whereas Nate is down to fuck because he's like, I hope to get laid on this honeymoon. So I <laughs> that's a, pretty much. I have a theory that Nate is really Isaac. <laughs> yeah. He's Isaac in pure form. <laughs> All right, thank you. Let's go to Lindy and Miguel, who are kind of moving up in my bracket here as the people I like. I'm going to say something. Miguel puts Mm. on those glasses instant hot. He looks so much better. Oh, my God. Wear those, dude. Wear those. Like, constantly. (laughs) It's like geek chic. I loved it. I was like, oh, my God. Me, too. Okay. But, oh, get... I forgot to mention one thing. Oh, Sorry, go Amy. Go ahead. Um, Nate and Stasha like take a shower together. Oh my god! You forgot to mention like the softcore porn in the middle of the episode, dude. <laughs> he's like, 
You know, Nate proposes that they shower together to save water. Okay. And so we get... <laughs> the the camera is there in the shower with them, practically. They're in the shower. Like, they probably have, like, a little plastic bag or the camera or something. <laughs> so we get a steamy shower scene, and upbeat, sexy music is playing. And right as water is cascading down Nate's back, his lips make contact with Stasha's and the mm-hmm. lyrics of the song say maybe we're just animals and I died <laughs> laughing maybe we're just animals 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 and, like, and then it's like <laughs> exactly <laughs> and then it closed the scene closes with the song saying let your wild side take control I was like what the fuck <laughs> although I have to say like I don't mind the sex scene so much when they're like mutually hot, you know, people who mm-hmm. are into each other. They, it's a far cry from the same kind of sex scenes we see on Love After Lockup, where they're like, they're like having sex in a bathtub with their ankle monitor sticking out, and they're like chained to a wall. <laughs> like it's so weird, so weird. Yeah, or they're in a field. They pull over from yeah. driving from the. <laughs> Correctional facility pull out in a field. Like at least the production value on this was a lot mm-hmm. better. It wasn't just like some dude shoving a cameraman out of a bathroom and humping somebody on a toilet. Like it was, you know, a little yeah. upscale. So I appreciate. No, this that. is you know this is Lifetime, right? Isn't their slogan television for women? Yes. So they're yes. they gotta yep. feed us the softcore yep. porn. Yep. All right. So Lindy and Miguel get back to their suite, and Lindy starts melting down immediately. Over not being able to find her pajamas. <laughs> and we see her and they, they have the famous like clock, like the 24 uh, trope where they have the countdown mm-hmm. like 20 minutes in, 25 minutes in, 30 minutes in. And it's just unraveling. And but he is yeah, in bed just like losing his mind. And he's like, I got to take a piss. He literally goes in there and is like, I have to go whiz or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening. They finally get to bed, and I wrote that they also seem to have some chemistry. They really do. Mm-hmm. So they wake up the next day, and Lindy tells the camera there's a big attraction between them, and she has lots of butterflies, and she's so thrilled with him. And she is, um, she signed up to get married at first sight to find somebody exactly like Miguel, and she's so cute. Like, I really do love her. Mm-hmm. All right, so they talk a little bit about traveling together. I guess that's around the honeymoon. I'm not sure. And she's saying, like, I'm aware of the fact that I lose my shit if I don't have snacks on me. So I always travel with snacks. (laughs) And he's kind of like, okay. And she said, I need you to remind me in those moments when I'm unraveling that, like, it's okay. You got this. This isn't anything to unravel about. And Miguel tells the camera, like, you know, she's so cute. Like, she's hard not to get along with. So they seem yeah. to really genuinely like each other. Now, Mitch meets with Lindy's family and public enemy number one, brother Luke. <laughs> I hate him so much. He tells Miguel, Lindy is quick to take things personally and you need to be a calming presence. Is this this kid looks like he's 22 years old and he's trying to be 47. I don't know what's happening here. I don't know. For some reason mom asks about sex. Okay. That was and she kind of pivoted towards like the brother like you be the bad cop, you talk yeah, about this, the dirty stuff. This brother <laughs> is ridiculous. 
And he, Luke launches into a Bible sermon. Like, I don't even know what he's talking about. He's like, traditionally in the Bible, you should like, shut up. If your sentence starts with in the Bible, I don't want to hear the rest of it. Likewise, (laughs) if your sentence starts with in my astrological chart, I also don't want to hear it. Yeah. Like I'm not an Aquarius with like a Pisces moon rising. And so that means, and you're like, what? And if you want to believe those things, that's fine. But like, don't bring that to the table when you're meeting your significant other or your spouse or your sibling significant other. Okay. So they talk about past relationships and um, Miguel, did I say Mitch meets with Lindy's family? I may have. I'm sorry. I have Mitch in my notes. Oh, I have Mitch on the brain. <laughs> um, so Miguel's like, well, you know, my kind of path was not aligned with theirs and like it just didn't work out. And like it's a very normal answer. No red flags were mm-hmm. raised, in my opinion. But Brother Luke says it is a red flag. And he's 35 and not married, and something must be wrong. So apologies to all of you old spinsters who are 35 and not married. You better run out and grab somebody off the street because Brother Luke thinks you need to be married by that point. Yeah, that was like annoying. I think personally, and I decided this before watching this episode, no one should get married before they're 30, honestly. Like you don't know yourself well enough. Yep. Yep. And even 30 is too fucking young. <laughs> I agree. So Lindy meets with Miguel's family now. And of course, they're very sweet. And Sister Priscilla, who I loved last episode, and I still like, is like, my concern is Miguel's a cancer and you're a Gemini. How will this ever work? I'm just like, stop it. Stop. And nobody, like, nobody loves astrology more than me, but I'm still even, like, I would not trout this, I would not, like, bring this out when I was meeting somebody's significant other for the first time. Listen, you're talking to someone who has tarot cards, and sometimes I open them and be like, oh, what kind of day am I going to have? Like, it's fun, but I don't live by it. Right, and you're not, like, judging your sister's boyfriend by it. No. No. Never. She doesn't introduce them to me because she knows I don't scare them away. <laughs> so Lindy's like, <laughs> the look on Lindy's face is so great because she's like, uh, is this a real question? <laughs> she just doesn't even know what to say. <laughs> and she's like, well, I think I would have to research more into this. <laughs> so Sister Priscilla says he's a hopeless romantic. And then she asks about debt because Miguel makes a good living and he shouldn't have to support mm-hmm. somebody. And Lindy reveals that she has a lot of student debt and it's embarrassing. And I'm like, uh, I hear you, girl. Raising my hand. Yeah, same. So mm-hmm. friends jump in. The friends jump in and save the situation. And they're like, that doesn't matter. Miguel's a nice guy. Like, he'll fi- you'll figure it out. Whatever. Lindy says, I've worked so hard to get where I am that I'm taking some time to just chill. And, you know, work a little bit here and there. And, and Sister Priscilla's kind of like, hmm. I don't know if that's the right move in your 20s, but okay. All right, whatever. Yeah. So later they reconvene, Lindy and Miguel, and they're sharing notes. And Lindy tells Miguel she has a significant student debt. And I just want you to know, so it's not, it doesn't become a plot point in our story. Like, I'm just putting it out there right now. And Miguel yeah. tells the camera, with his glasses on, that he's mm. never willing to be a sugar daddy. And Lindy tells him, she doesn't want this to be a red flag. It's my debt. 
I'm financially independent. It's not tied to you. Don't worry about it. And Miguel says, I don't know why he says this at this point, but he's like, when she starts unraveling, it's not really a red flag, but it's kind of a magenta flag. Okay. So the couples couples get gift baskets, like you uh, mentioned. They're going to Puerto Vallarta. And Mitch picks apart the contents of the basket. If you're an 80s kid, you know how to say Puerto Vallarta because that's where (laughs) the love boat was all the time. Oh, okay. So he's... Uh, so wait why do i have mitch picks apart the contents of the basket oh i just have this you're random obsessed scene. with me yeah i have this yeah. random scene in here where they're all getting their gift baskets and i just mm, wrote okay. i wanted to note that mitch picks apart the contents of the basket and is also not into the shirt that says hubby and i'm telling you this would be to me yeah <laughs> and he hates trash and he hates titles and that's where i wrote oh my god i'm married to mitch <laughs> And then he didn't want to use because they got like these cute little poppers and streamers, yep, and he didn't want to no. use them. He's like, this is so wasteful. Nope. He sees those on the beach. He knows they're trash. No, no, no. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right, so let's go to Alexis and Justin. Tree. Oh, thank <laughs> So I'm happy that I'm not in the room with any Alexa devices, so they would not turn on. So here we go. So we get some very up-tempo pop music playing, and then it is revealed that it has been one day since the wedding, and Alexis and Justin are in bed self-recording. She's holding up her ring to the camera, they're cuddling, and he is on her like a bad rash, like just clinging onto her, like, this is my life raft, I need to hold on to her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Alexis has a big laugh and says, I'm so sorry, baby, because apparently he revealed that his wife snores. So we then open up with them under the covers. The rose petals are falling off the bed because, again, some mass producers who's underpay or maybe an intern sprinkled it around their hotel room. So they move around under it and you're like, oh, what's going on? And they're just chatting. And Alexis is saying that she likes cuddling with him. And he tells her, you keep me warm. And he says he loves cuddling unless he gets too hot, which she says, oh, so you don't like that stinky booty? That sticky booty. (laughs) And he says, I I like that sticky booty. And it's like, oh, Lord. And then as this is playing out, there's a voiceover of him going, oh boy, I'm a married man. I got a wife. Cut to him speaking to the camera shirtless, which makes him look even younger than he already looks. 
So I was like, oh my God, this is like a toddler pretending to be an adult talking about <laughs> booties and sex. What is going well, on? And this is how you know if somebody's under 40 or over 40. Because mm-hmm. no one better touch me if it's too hot in the bedroom. Yeah. Like when I was 20, okay, I would do it, but no. Mm-mm. Nope. He is just thrilled that he gets to wake up next to a hot lady. She's everything he could have imagined. He said no expectations, yet she exceeded them all. So she exceeded the non-existent expectations. Okay. Um, and then he tells her that he was starting, that he was staring at her. Um, just a little bit, just a little bit though, while they were sleeping. While she was and sleeping. He was like, she goes, so you were like watching me sleep? And he says, a little bit. And she whispers, you didn't say you like R. Kelly. And I was like, okay, here we go. They are both laughing. Okay, so here's what this probably meant. R. Kelly is awaiting sentencing currently, so trigger warning, for rape, sex trafficking, and even, like, doing things with minors. Like, it's horrible. He's a horrific person. There were these explosive documentaries that came out during, like, the pandemic Mm -hmm. and everything about how deprived he was and how he treated these young girls and groomed them and trapped them like he chained them up, wouldn't feed them at times if they disobeyed him or spoke to other men. Like, it's fucking horrific. So, and sexual violence, all kinds of stuff. So, very poor joke because a lot of girls and families were really destroyed in this process. Yeah. So I was like, oh, you shouldn't say that. But anyway, no, I agree. He did not support R. Kelly. R. Kelly could go fucking rot in jail. Goodbye. We have a real controversial opinion. We do not support R. Kelly. <laughs> we do not support Robert Kelly. Robert Kelly, you could go fuck yourself. Okay. So back to the show. She feels great. She's feeling comfortable. He feels familiar. And says that every conversation they have reassures her why they were matched. And they did a good job. And I was like, oh my God, this could actually work. We know it won't, but it could. (laughs) Then Alexis says something that never crossed my mind in watching the show. She says, I don't even have your number. You're my husband. (laughs) And he says, I mean, that's expected. We just met yesterday. And it's like, oh my God, that's right. This show is fucking bonkers. They are marrying strangers. Oh my god! No, I that no I did idea. have a, like a, I did have an oh my god moment. Like, dude, that's so funny. They don't even have each other's numbers yet. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. So then he asks for her number, and she says, "No, I am married, sir." And it was cute. They're like playing back and forth yeah. or whatever. So she she actually wants his cell phone. Like, pass over your phone. She stores her number in it. They take a selfie. So that's her contact photo is of them being cute and everything. And then she's like, have people ever flirted with you and said they would love to climb that tree? And he's like, Uh all the time. Here we go. Here we go. He's going to start with, I'm a piece of me. Everyone wants to know how hard my dick is. And she's going to start with, I was proposed to three times. This is their, that's like what they go to, the beat. That's their beat. So later in the episode, we get the meeting of the family. So the groom meets the bride's family and vice versa. So Alexis meet with Nate's mom and friend. And the mom asks how their night was. And Alexis says, your son is still salivant. You just did it. You called him Nate and he's Justin. Why did he? (laughs) Justin, what the fuck? (laughs) And I'm I'm calling everyone Mitch. So, you know, don't listen to our show, guys, for accuracy. (laughs) Alexis meets 
with Justin's family. What the fuck? Why is Nate all up in my head? I think because I found him cute this episode. Oh, maybe. We should just call this show, you know what we mean. You know what I mean. You know what we mean. You know what I mean. (laughs) So I don't feel so bad because it's not just like us being like racist, like all white people are the same or all black people are the same. We just are clearly out of our fucking heads. We do not (laughs) sleep enough. (laughs) So anyway... So Justin's mom is asking how their night was. And Alexis says, your son is still celibate. Don't worry. Womp, womp. So he did not get sick. Mom's kind of like, oh, didn't need to know that, but okay. Yeah. And his mom tells her that he's been saying he's ready to be married. And so Alexis asks about the first time he was engaged. Like, what happened? Because remember, he was engaged once. And his mom explains that they went dress shopping with the girl. Everything was in process. And then all of a sudden, bam, she gets a phone call from Hit from her son. He's hurt. He says, we're not getting married. And that was it. So, the, the, I don't know. I think, I think there's going to be, be something more coming weird. out around that. <laughs> yeah, there might be more than that. I'm not, and saying the like, friend asks, I'm not saying he's guilty of anything. I'm just saying, like, people don't just call for wedding for no reason. Yeah, it was probably that they were maybe rushing into it or, or something. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, it, it was probably they were probably having problems and still going through with the wedding, and then decided not to. And she decided not to. Yeah. So the friend asked, "Have you ever been engaged?" And she said, "I've been proposed to three times." So Amy, she has not been proposed to not once, not twice, but thrice, three times, right? Three times, and and did not thrice. accept. Did not accept. Did not accept. Mm-hmm. She said no all three times. Mm-hmm. Cut to Justin's mom looking like her head is about to explode. So I she know. looks so confused. And she asked, what happened? What went wrong? And she said she had reservations and would overthink and ask herself if she could spend the rest of her life with that person. And she couldn't. So she said no. And she admits she had unrealistic expectations and that she was selfish. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Say you're dating Joe Schmo, okay? And you and Joe Schmo are dating for like a year. It's a pretty serious relationship. But, you know, he can't hold down a job or something. So you're like, eh, I don't yeah. think this is this is for me. He proposes to you. You're like, no, I can't do it. It's not right. Whatever. Three years down the road, do you tell people that you were proposed to and turned it down? Or do you just say we broke up? Like, oh, I've been in a committed relationship i just never gotten married but the fact that she keeps bringing up i was proposed to you three times and i said no three times is showing me that you're not ready for marriage yeah it's weird it's a it's a weird flex as the kids say because how do you get from being in a relationship that's me i guess it has to be meaningful for there to be a proposal and then right. it'd be like oh no no so, and i feel like by just like by just sort of relegating that relationship to a failed proposal really kind of undermines the seriousness of the relationship. Like, I don't Mm want to know that you were proposed to by Joe Schmo and said, no, like, tell me about your relationship with Joe Schmo. Did you date him for two years and then kind of realize you guys weren't right for each other? Like what happened? Like, it's kind of weird. It makes it sound like people just randomly proposed to her on the street. And she said, probably, I mean, have you walked around Washington Heights in shorts? Um, that would happen. Mm, nobody. <laughs> I get plenty of marriage. 
No, not with my I mother's varicose veins. I get plenty of marriage proposals. Not with my mother's <laughs> varicose veins. Nobody would be proposing <laughs> over here. There's some guy, oh my God. So last week we had a heat wave and this kid, he must have been like at least 19, if even. And he's like, hey, mommy, want me to give you a ride to the pool? I'm like, first of all, I live two blocks from the pool, so I could walk there if I wanted oh, wow. to. And ill, you're a child. Mm-hmm. Go away. Did anyway, he propose to so you? So that's my the- weird flex. Did he propose no, to you? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm too old for that. You know, I used to get proposed to when I was in my 20s. Not that I'm an old bag in my, you know, late 30s. No one cares. Mm-hmm. If you're over 35 children. and not married, forget it. Forget it. It's over for you. I- I'm, spo- you know, I'm no good. But you know, I'm no good. <laughs> so Justin's friend chimes in. Marriage isn't always going to be the most fun thing ever. You are going to be bored sometimes like would you how would you combat that because it's not like you can like up and leave that was her voice you guys okay that was her voice it was so annoying (laughs) um now that she's dived into marriage she feels she has a different perspective it hasn't been 24 hours since they met mind you but Mm -hmm. you know Mm mm-hmm she she has a different perspective because she's already married. So she got through the proposal part. She didn't even have a proposal. She just got married. So maybe it'll work out for her. Yeah. Cut to mom and friends saying, I hope you can trust her. I hope she just treats our... Okay, so she's like... This is the friend speaking, actually. I hope we can trust her. And I hope she treats our... And then she looks at the mom. One of the most important people in her lives, right? And I'm like, are you looking for, like, cues or, like, the line? Like, what's going on here? It was mm-hmm. really weird. And mm-hmm. the mom chimes in. You got that right. You definitely got that right. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> so back at the table, Mama says he can be a bit sensitive. And Alexis says she can deal with sensitive. And his mom says, and that's a good thing. And she says she's respectful Always respectful, but she ain't no chum. Translation, she will also cut a bitch if you cross her. Yep. (laughs) Don't push her. Yep. So now we get the ladies grilling Justin. They are debriefing and um, he's saying he's tired, but that the union felt easy. He achieves it to the energy, the attraction. Mm -hmm. So the big bad sister, Amber, who last week was laying down the law, chimes in saying, you seem like a nice, genuine person, but you know what you can really tell something is by the person's character is when they're angry. Tense music. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. He's going to lock her out of their apartment. You wait and see. Oh, God. So Justin breaks the tension by announcing he needs to remove his sweater. I need to take this off. Because he's always, like, trying to be goofy and silly all the time. So they're all laughing. And Sister Amber wants to know how he responds when he is in anger. Does he take time to cool off? Does he lash out? Mm -hmm. And she just, she's not playing. Because she wants... That Amazon gift card that those producers <laughs> promised her to be on this show. So she needs to get straight to the point. Hey, I would play for a Amazon gift card at this point. Me too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She needs answer and those Amazon cards are not going to go to waste. Mm-hmm. So he says he would comfort her if she gets emotional like women tend to do. You know, he didn't say that, but I'm just thinking like, oh, she gets emotional. You of know, course. Like, women do. Women. Yeah, he tells them he is also sensitive and he will do whatever it takes to please her. So the other sister says, 
they're very vocal women and their family raised so they were raised to handle themselves so he doesn't need to like worry about her she could protect herself Mm -hmm. so she's not worried about her sister she wants to know what he can do to advocate for himself in the relationship so this is giving me like hurricane michaela vibes that the sisters are kind of saying like yeah we love her we'd rather die for her but she's gonna keep you on your toes how are you gonna combat that right kind of thing so he says he's a pleaser but only if it's reciprocated he says he won't be a pleaser if she's giving him the cold shoulder yeah cut to the friend um with the blue top so they're back um there's like one of the ladies there has like a blue top and she she has like an asymmetrical like head bob like bob in her hair okay. and it's like a really <laughs> shiny horrible wig i was like sis that's too shiny that's synthetic what are you doing anyway so she says she hopes it works out um because there are hidden things that they haven't discovered yet she doesn't know if it would tear them apart and make them stronger and i'm like wait what now what hidden things what's going (laughs) on yep so So then we later get this scene. So the, the meeting goes well. They're talking. Everybody's laughing. Whatever. Mm-hmm. We get this scene where upbeat music is playing. And <laughs> the music lyrics said, did I manifest you? Did you manifest me? Yeah. Guys, Those are the lyrics. Who is choosing this music? I'm starting to think that these are people that are hired on staff to write non-generic sound like <laughs> pop songs there we go and it's like here's the scene score it and then they're like yep. okay they're talking about booties and then your booty hits the floor like they just go with whatever theme is going on so i'm like whatever well, like a dime store salt and pepper are like put away in the corner yeah. somewhere and they're just given like a microphone in a room and they just have to record <laughs> They're like, okay, in this scene, they're going to be, like, macking in the shower right about that. Yo, water cascading's on my back. And you're like, wait, what? So that's what they do. So then there's a knock at the door, and that's where you, they get the basket from the, you know, the mm-hmm. experts telling mm-hmm. them they're going to Mexico. Mexico, when I say Mexico, it sounds weird to me, Mexico. Um, we get a packing scene. Mm-hmm. He wants to see what she's taking with her, and she holds up a bathing suit, um, and she's like, it's a booty shower and a tie up. And it's really sexy. It's like, it has like cutouts. It's a like mm-hmm. one piece with cutouts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then kind of like boy shorts. So it's like, it will be really flattering to her body. So I'm like, oh, that looks nice. Mm-hmm. And, um, he's just talking nonsense. And she cuts him off by saying, we're going to remain celibate. And he argues just because we began celibate doesn't mean we have to remain celibate. And for some reason, my autocorrect wrote celebrant. And I'm like, isn't that like a herpes medication? (laughs) Like what is going on? (laughs) And then we cut to her telling producers, if he's with it, then I'm with it. So let's get it. And she leans over and she kisses him. So then after that, they go to Mexico. They go to Mexico and all that. So they meet the couple. I don't know how I feel about her. I feel like she's a lot. I feel like she's almost like our season's Lindsay. She's kind of all over the place because she'll be like, now we're not going to get down and dirty, but look at my booty. Do you don't want this booty? Mm-hmm, you don't, Like mm-hmm. she's teasing him and then saying, but you're not going to get any. So it's like, what is it? We'll talk about him in the couple scene here. So we have this group scene where they all go on their honeymoon together, minus, of course, Mm -hmm. Morgan and Ben. 
They meet at the airport. They all say hello to each other. We get a little bit of footage of them self-filming on the plane. Then they get to to Mexico. And they all sit together in this, like, beautiful grotto or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they're just having some champagne and they're chilling. And they talk about their weddings. So Mitch decides, no filter Mitch, describes he's going to tell the group how he thought Kristen's mother was his wife. (laughs) I was like, oh my god. And Miguel pipes up and he's like, well, it's good for you, right? Like, she has good genes. So, Mm -hmm. okay. And Alexis is like, I like my man. He's tall. And I recognized him from matching on Hinge. And she tells us a Which was new for us. Yes. Because she said she had seen him, not that they had matched. Well, she talked a little bit about this on After Party. And she was telling Rudy Huxtable that he kind of was, like, annoying her a little bit. Like, Mm -hmm. really kind of reaching out to her a lot. And she was shooting him down. And he just wasn't taking it. And I could see that. I could totally see that. Yeah. So she said, hey, we could have been married four months ago if I just responded to him. And then she said, he's really perfect. And I almost missed out on the greatest thing in my life. And, you know, she, everybody's like, oh, how sweet. Whatever. It's been 26 hours. Yeah, Come down. Something like that. <laughs> Nate says, I was confident. Then I was nervous. But then when I saw her... And Stasha chimes in and she's like, we have natural chemistry. We finish one another's. And then Nate goes, sentences. Like, it's bad. It's real bad. (laughs) And they're like, we even buy the same toothpaste. And Stasha's like, his friends say I'm the female version of him. I don't know what is going on with those two, but it was a little crazy. It was like, we're going to win best couple. Yes. 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 So Lindy says she feels calm around Miguel, which is really great. And Miguel tells them the sexual tension is definitely there. And somebody says, what do you mean by that? And he's like, well, I made a move and she turned me down. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, did you have your glasses on? Because that could have been. <laughs> <laughs> that could help. So Lindy's like, oh, come on, Miguel. I'm just setting some boundaries. I just want to take it a little bit slower, whatever. Now Alexis chimes in and says, you know, it's so hard. This is so hard not having sex or not being intimate. And they keep saying this is so hard over and over again. And then she says, we cuddle, and we touch a lot, but I don't want to rush. And Justin tells the crowd his dick was rock hard all night. And no one knows how to respond to this. And they're just like, why? <laughs> they cut to Mitch and he just looks like this. It's so weird. I don't know what to do here. See, here's the thing. Had this been just the guys hanging out because they have met before, you know, during the bachelor parties or whatever, and he said it, I'd be like, still in poor taste because you're on TV, but I get it. You're growing out. But this is in front of these women that he doesn't know. It was so weird. So weird. And then Mitch tells the camera... (laughs) I've never been celibate on purpose. I mean, I just haven't been good with the ladies. So he's basically telling us he's an incel. So I'm like, okay, great. Awesome. This is going to go well. So that's the group scene. So now we have, did I miss anything there? Was there anything that stuck with you that you no, wanted to bring up? Okay. That rock hard death. Just, just rock hard tree. Penetrated right? all of our brains because he's forcing this <laughs> on us. Oh boy. 
So now to Morgan and Ben, guys. It's their wedding day. Da, da, da. Ben's buddies show up and they immediately start asking questions about his mom. Like they're really leaning into this mom thing. Mm-hmm. And we learn that it's the day before Ben's 30th birthday. And Ben says he had to take two COVID tests to get here. And he tells the camera he feels so bad about his honeymoon that I will commit to taking my wife on a second honeymoon anywhere she wants to go. I think he says like Thailand, whatever, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he says. And then- <laughs> Exotic land of New Jersey. <laughs> Morgan, meanwhile, is telling her friends that her anxiety woke her up at 6 a.m. And she's like, I'm a nurse. I've seen a lot of shit, but this is crazy. Like this is pushing mm-hmm. me over my deep end here. Dr. Pepper tells us they matched Morgan and Ben because Ben won't be intimidated by Morgan's take charge, independent attitude. And they're both adventurous considering it's in Ben's budget. Oh God. Okay. Oh, it's going to be another financial whiteboard situation. Yep, yep. What's your FICO score? If that whiteboard comes out, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> so Morgan is walking herself down the aisle because she's had a difficult relationship with her father and she's had to set personal boundaries with him. And Morgan's mom shows up and she's really cute. She's like, I can't believe you're getting married. Oh my God, you're going to be married. And Morgan's like, stop it. You're going to make me throw up. I feel like that's what my mom would do to me. She'd be like, oh my God. She'd <laughs> Mar- be so excited. She'd be more excited than me. My mom would be like, is that the dress you're going to wear? Your hair's getting really gray. What's going on with your makeup? <laughs> that would be my mom. Oh, no. Because my mom missed out on my first wedding because my parents were totally against it. Rightly so. Mm-hmm. So no one showed up. And mm-hmm. I defied my parents. I had to move out. It was like this whole drama thing. I feel They like- were right. Mom and dad, you were right. I feel like we need a just an episode talking about that. <laughs> oh, this is like a totally 90 day fiance thing. I actually spoke briefly about it. I was featured on an early, early episode of Reality Gaze back when they used to do like the fan call in. And I talked oh, about yeah. like my whole yeah. 90 day fiasco. And, okay. you know, Maddie and Poodle were like, whoa, they lost it. Okay, we'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to dig that up out of the archives. <laughs> All right. So Ben has sent uh, Morgan a present. And first is a note where he's apologizing for having COVID. And then he sends her a gift of Pastor Cal's book, Marriage Ain't for Punks, which he totally got for free. So that's a free gift. And she also gets her ring from James Allen. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. I screamed. Oh my God. James Allen. James Allen. James James Allen. Because I'm like, I've never heard of this before until this show. That's like if you listen to Howard Stern, like. Every two minutes, there's an ad for I Hate Steve- Steven Singer. And I like, love okay. So they get ready to walk down, but Ben stops and he tells his mom. Now, this is where I was like, red flag, red flag, red flag. Because Ben pulls his mom aside and literally says to her, listen, if there's anything you don't like about this girl, like, just let me know. We can fix it. I was like, oh, no, what are you doing? Like, What's happening? What do you mean we can fix it? Fix her? Is she a Stepford bride? So Ben sees Morgan, and he seems very happy with what he sees. She's kind of nervous. She gets up there. She's like, hold my hands, hold my hands, you know, and she's, they tell each other they look great. Like, it seems to go really well. 
Ben's family and friends want you to know he's super sweet and caring, but he can't grow facial hair. Blah, blah. I don't know what that's supposed to that's, mean, but okay. That's fine. He has a baby face. Yeah. It's fine. He also works out five days a week, and he is a proud mama's boy. He values her opinion on everything. Maybe don't put that in your wedding vows. Just saying. Okay. No. Yeah. So Morgan's like, it's okay. It's okay. I love that. Now, her family wants Ben to know that she is a lover and a fighter. She can be intense. She likes things her way. But she's a dedicated nurse who's very compassionate and can patch you up when life knocks you down. She also plays really violent video games and practices Muay Thai. So he's like, ooh. Okay. Yeah. So they do the vows and he makes some crack about like, um, I'm going to make you happy even if it means trusting you with my credit card because you're a woman. And women be shopping. (laughs) (laughs) So after the wedding, they're talking about tattoos and, you know, she's like, are you okay with tattoos? And he's like, no, no, no. I really like tattoos. In fact, someday if I save up just enough, I might get one. I'm thinking, dude. (laughs) You're like, no, well, the the thing is that he's explaining he wants to like cover like his whole bottom leg or calf or something. So it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it will be expensive. It'll be and a multiple sittings. Easily, yeah. Yeah, multiple sittings. But like he's single, he's like a mechanical engineer or something crazy, right? Like you could do it, dude. So then they talk about her family, her mother's family being from Tokyo and he wants to go there. And bottom line, they seem to hit it off. Everything seems fine. Then we get this season of Married at First Sight. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so I did not take notes on that, but some things I noticed that I want to point out. Mm-hmm. So we get a scene of Mitch telling Kristen that he's not attracted to her physically. Yes. But then we get a later scene of them saying they banged. So that yes. obviously resolves itself. Or maybe they banged first and then he's like, I'm just not into you. Mm, no. That would be even worse. No, because the I'm not into you conversation happens on the honeymoon. And the oh, we banged okay. conversation is in their apartment. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, what else happened? Justin and Alexis, like, he is yelling at her saying, no wife of mine's going to go to a club every weekend. Yeah, so apparently she's like a party animal and he's not into it. And Then we have him telling yeah. her he loves her and she does her, you know. Yeah, and, she's cracking up. Yeah. It's like record scratch. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's going to happen next episode because the, the description of next episode kind of hinted at that. Ooh. Ooh, what does it say? So it says, let me read it to you really quick. First of all, the next episode is called Everything Whale Be Okay. Nope. Whale Be. So they're going whale watching? <laughs> I guess. So the episode description is in Puerto Vallarta, the newlyweds enjoy their honeymoon of paddleboarding, paddleboarding, horseback riding, and whale watching. Oh, I'm here mm-hmm. for that. You know me at the whales. one husband surprises his wife with the words i love you okay but another spouse makes a much more unpleasant declaration so i'm thinking that's mitch and Kristen. and yeah um we also see do we see any oh we see something goes down with morgan and ben he tells everybody something that she wanted to keep private and like maybe that they banged maybe but it becomes a thing 
Yeah. And we see these new experts in there and they're like yelling at them. And one guy says to Ben, like, you're trying to humiliate her to turn people against her. Like, it gets crazy between those two. Yeah. Can't wait. So oh, so that's what so we have good. coming up, guys. Um, All right. We've been over an hour here. <laughs> Yeah. And we also get a, a beautiful shot of Justin just crying. Sobbing, yes, we do. Yes, we do. For whatever reason. Yes. Well, I'm sure it's in reaction to her laughing at his I love you. Maybe. Probably. Yeah. It's been two days. It's been two days. Knock it off. <laughs> um, Michaela and Zach were real quick to say I love you. And we saw how that went. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. crazy. All right. So why don't you tell everyone, Leslie, where they can find you? So my dog just started howling. So it's perfect cue Joey. to end the show. Joey's like, Wah! Joey, okay, so. I'm not angry anymore. But we're angry now. Might be like someone bringing something up in the hallway. So you can find me at Sinister Girls. It's a podcast where I interview musicians. They sometimes perform on the show. We talk about music, their albums. They promote music, all that stuff. We've had Lit recently was on. Um, we have... This week's episode is Leah DeSalle. She's an amazing artist. She is from Tel Aviv. And she's just, she has a very smoky voice, kind of like Amy Winehouse. And that's kind of like one of her influences. Yep. So definitely check that out. We have um, a few more guests coming up. Um, I'm just waiting to record them because sometimes I get everything locked down and then last minute there's a change. So this is kind of how I'm getting Hanson tickets because big disclosure, Hanson was going to do my show Mm. and it was like this whole thing we coordinated and, and then it kind of fell through. So that's okay. You're still going to see them. Yeah, there are people who are like, do you want to come and see them perform? I was like, hell yeah. So it works out. Awesome. So, yeah. awesome. so follow us at Sinister Girls on all the social media platforms. I'm there. Okay. We have our own Instagram, Six Degrees of Reality TV. You can follow that. We do, we do, we do. Um, I'm over at Gen X. This is why we're doing Little House on the Prairie. It's getting real bad, but we're trudging through. And we're also on our Patreon doing My So-Called Life, which I've never seen. <gasps> what? Never what? saw it. Never saw it. And we're also doing the the beautiful dumpster fire that is Brett Michael's Rock of Love. <laughs> yes. Okay, hold, hold, one second on the Rock of Love. My so-called life never saw it. was the reason why I was so antsy. I, I watched it on MTV because by the time I was old enough to get it, yeah. it was already canceled. And Jordan Catalano was like, my dream guy. Like, I love Jared Leto because of Jordan Catalano. Okay, well, I'm, I've am i never Ugh. seen it. I think I was, maybe I was, like, a little too old for it. Like, that was my 90210. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Okay. Um, I'm so excited to watch it. I've heard fantastic things about it. So good. My sister Just loved it. Timmy season. loved it. Like, everybody loved it. It is so good. Oh, my God. It's just, that. like so realistic their depiction mm-hmm. of high school like all the inks mm-hmm. and i can't imagine what it was like to be a teenager you know in the yeah. 90s because that's where it takes place i was a child in the 90s so oh it's, it's so good i was a teenager in the 90s so it'll be interesting to see i mean you know hopefully we get to do the whole thing we're doing the pilot in august and if we like it we're just gonna keep going and we're doing oh you're gonna do it's just one season and also it's like there's this one scene like angela that's like the claire dane's character she's like says that she's like watching jordan catalano's jared leto and she's like it looks like it hurts for him to like open his eyes or something like that yeah because he is like so emo oh am i gonna be madly in love with him 
you're gonna fall in love okay. with floppy 90s hair because i love the like i love a dude who's sulking in a corner writing angry poetry that's that he me. is so emo he's okay. always like wearing flannel his clothes are baggy his hair is long okay i'm there it's just this. like oh life oh high school and, and then, i'm just like yes. then we're contrasting that with the hair system of brett michaels <laughs> that is a train wreck yes it's a yes. train wreck not as crazy as flavor of love where a woman takes a shit in the middle of a deliberation yes, yes. <laughs> all right guys so you can find us as leslie said on instagram at six degrees of reality tv follow us there that's where we post our stuff um find our show on any podcast app subscribe so you don't miss an episode Share it if you can and leave us a review. What do we love more than reviews? Nothing. <laughs> Maybe Miguel with his glasses on. Maybe. Yeah. But we love a review. And yes, a positive one to help people find us. Yes. If you have a really nasty thing to say to us, just maybe put it in an email in your draft folder and never send it. That's what exactly. I do. There's a lot, a lot of hate mail <laughs> draft folder. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Bye.